Hey, welcome to South Point. I'm so glad you're here. And hey, social distancing, back up, bruh. Six feet, that's how we gotta fly, right? A little elbow bump, maybe, something like that. Now listen, I know you have missed being in this place. I know you've missed the carpet. Of all things, you're like, you know, I'd love to just see that fancy carpet one more time. Well, welcome. Now listen. We gotta make sure we get a little handy dandy hand sanitizer, clean hands, clean heart, all that, right? Okay. How about we all get a little cup of the bean juice of the gods right where you are? Now, I'll fix this one for you. You want two creams, two sugars, what do you want? No, you don't, because we don't do that. You drink coffee like a man, right? Black, that's how we roll. Oh, hey, the other thing we gotta get before we get in there and get our worship on, make sure you pick up your message note. No matter what platform you're watching this service in, right there in the chat box on the side, there's a link, you can download the message notes and be a part and do it. And let me just say, I'm so excited about all of you guys engaging in all of these messages, the live messages. We've had such good chat and conversation. I love it, and I know today's gonna be even better. So, come on, let's get our worship on. gonna sound good, isn't it? Here we go. All right, now we gotta find a seat, and I'll be honest with you, it's not gonna be hard to find a seat.
I was raised in a family where um, you did not waste food, ever. Okay, my family was not the, they were not the richest. I'm not saying we were dirt poor, but, you know, we were on the, I guess we were on the lower end or whatever. But there was a thing, okay, like now you have people say, hey, kids, scrape your plate in the trash and, and you know, put in the dishwasher, put in the sink or whatever. I was raised in a home where it was, there, there was, the only thing you scraped your plate into was your mouth. That was your only option ever. And it didn't matter, no matter what was served, no matter what was on the table, no matter what the food was, we all had to try, we all had to have something of everything, some of everything, and whatever was put on your plate, you had to eat. And so in my home, I hated seeing, even if it was beets, my mom loved beets and rutabaga. Oh my Lord, I hate roots and rutabaga, I mean beets and rutabaga, but I had to finish it even if it was on my plate. The cool thing is, um, at least back then they hadn't invented kale yet, right? That would have been even even worse. But we, we never wasted anything, no matter how bad it was and no matter whether we liked it or not. And right now we're in this, this situation, this pandemic, right? And we don't like it. Nobody likes it. But let me say this, don't waste it. See, we're, we're almost through it. We're almost done with this. And we will never, you and I, will never be in another situation like this. And you might say, oh, thank goodness. Yes, thank goodness we'll never be in this situation again. But here's the deal. Don't waste the environment you're in. See, I, I feel like God is, no, God has not done this pandemic. No, he is not doing it to us. He, he, he loves us too much to put beets and rutabaga on our plate. Come on, you know what I'm talking about, right? He loves us. He doesn't want that for us, but it's there. So let's not waste it. I think that in this environment, God wants to do something in us that can only be done in the environment that we're in. Some things only grow in certain environments, and the environment that we're in it's a unique time that we need to really not waste. Sometimes we're, and I know I'm like this, and I'm sure you are too, we're already thinking, man, what's going to be after? I'm ready, for, I'm ready for the after, right? But don't put your mind and all of your effort on the fruit that's coming and ignore the roots that God wants to grow in our hearts and souls right now. When this, when this thing started, I really felt the Holy Spirit speak to me and say to me that this is a time where God is removing idols from our hearts and our lives as Americans that we didn't even realize were there. Now, I'm sitting down again for this message because this is another one of those um, kind of hard messages. It's kind of difficult, so lean in with me a little bit, all right, and let's, let's try and eat some beets and rutabaga together. No kale, all right? But I felt like the Lord was saying, this is a time, a very unique time, that's going to help us see the idols that are in our hearts. And idol, idolatry, man, it's tough. It's just not a good thing. In fact, it's the very first of the Ten Commandments in Exodus. Um, in Exodus chapter 20, verse 3, it says this. It says, you must not have any other God but me. You must not make for yourself an idol of any kind or an image of anything in the heavens, or on the earth, or in the sea. Now, idols, most of the time you think of idols, you're like, oh, little statues, or a big statue, or whatever. Okay, yeah, yeah. But that's not, that, that is an idol, but this is not the idol that God's talking about, really, or what's going on in our lives. An idol, if you want, if you want to write this down, take notes. Again, you can download the notes in the, in the chat box there. There's a link there. But here's what an idol is. 
An idol is anything that is more important to you than God. Anything that absorbs your heart and imagination more than God. So whatever is, whatever is central to your life, whatever is the core of your life can be an idol, is, a, is an idol. And now that can be anything. Okay, so you're thinking, oh, I don't have that. That's Jesus. All right, yeah, yeah. Okay, good. But it can be anything. It can be your children. It can be, um, it can be finances. It can be your job. It can be, it can be um, a ministry role. Maybe you really want to be in ministry, and that's your role. If anything that you take to the center and make it the biggest thing, the most important thing in your life, look at it this way. Anything that you think of, if I could have that, or if I could grasp that, or if I could be that, then my life would be significant and I would be fulfilled. If that's anything but Jesus Christ, that is an idol. It, it, it is an idol. Now you might be thinking, oh my goodness, um, I've got all these things in my heart, I must have all these idols. Or, or you're thinking, I know these things in my heart, they're so good, I have good desires, I have good things. Um, can I be honest with you? The things and the desires that are in our hearts they're usually not good. We might think they're good, and they might look good, but they're really not. Um, Romans 1, chapter 1, verse 24, the Apostle Paul says this about the desires and the stuff that's in our hearts. He says this, so God abandoned them to do whatever their hearts desired. Okay, now just leave that scripture right there for a second. God abandoned them so that they could follow the desires of their heart, their own desires. And so sometimes you might think, well, God's left me. God's not doing anything for me. God hasn't left you. Could it be that you left him to chase your desires? And, and God's still here. He has other desires for you and some good stuff. He said, so God abandoned them to do whatever their hearts desired. They worshiped and served the things God created instead of the creator himself. Now, an idol, okay, don't miss this. An idol is rarely a bad thing, rarely a bad thing. You can fill in the blank, here's your notes. It's the good things that make the best idols. Ooh, it's the, girl, that's tweetable right there. Go ahead, tweet that. It's the good things that make the best idols. All right, so let me, uh, let me say this. Um, you assume with me. Okay, okay, okay. We're gonna assume together. We're gonna assume together. Um, and I know what you're thinking right now. You're sitting there, you're going, I've always been told that if I assume that it makes something out of me and you, right? Okay, but we're in this together. So how about you and I assume together that God, during this time, this unique environment that we're in, that he's actually, he's actually wanting to take out, show us, and remove the idols that are in our hearts. Okay, so let's, let's just assume that for a second. And that if, if we can remove these idols that are in our hearts, that our lives will be even better. Okay, so let's assume that. So with that assumption, let me give you four tools to help you dig out these idols out of our lives, okay? Four tools. Here's the first one. You can write them down. Your imaginations. This is how you find idols. Look at your imaginations. Archbishop William Temple Come on, Archbishop, I researched this for you right there. Archbishop William Temple said, your religion is what you do with your solitude. Your religion is what you do with your solitude. So let me say that another way. He said it all fancy. What do you find yourself quickly thinking about? What, where does your imagination go? In other words, what are the ruts 
in your brain that your thoughts quickly turn to? What, what are those imaginations that you think? Are you always thinking about, like, like in your downtime and stuff, are you thinking, imagining, oh, man, if I could have a better job or my career or, wow, more money or, man, oh, I'd love to have a romantic relationship because you're not married yet, right? Um, I'd love to have that romantic relationship. I'm looking for a boyfriend, a girlfriend. Or you're thinking, man, I wish I could have kids. Oh, I so want kids. Or, wow, maybe we should have, oh, I want more kids. Or you're thinking, I, I think I want less kids. Okay, so what, what does your brain fall to? Now, you might be sitting there going, oh, good Lord, I got, I'm full of idols. I got idols. I've thought about all those things over and over and over again. My gracious. Okay, before you lose your mind, I'm not saying don't have goals and don't have aspirations. You should be, th- I'm obviously thinking about this kind of stuff, but what do you think about habitually? And when you think about it, it brings you joy and fulfillment thinking about those things. Just thinking about something it doesn't make it an idol, right? It, it can be a goal or whatever. But habitually thinking about something other than Jesus Christ that is not, that is, that brings you fulfillment and joy. That's an idol. Okay, so what, what do you think about? What's your imagination? Here's the second thing. The second thing is how you spend your money. Okay, how you spend your money. Um, let me read you this verse, Matthew 6, 21. Wherever your treasure is, there the desires of your heart will also be. Okay, what, money, is like, money is like water, all right? You, you, water can get in your hand for a little bit, and you can hold it for a little bit, right? But it's, it quickly rolls away. Look at it this way. Think of it this way. Let me give you this picture that's in my brain. It might be a little scary, so welcome to Craig's space. Um, take, a, take a picture, like a picture off the wall, you know, a frame with a canvas, a painter's canvas, and turn it like a table so the canvas is down, and then put different pebbles or rocks of different sizes in there. You put those things that have different weight in your life, okay? You might have a couple of little pebbles that weigh like an ounce or two, and maybe a couple more that weigh like four or five ounces or eight ounces or 10 ounces, or maybe, maybe you know, whatever, and, you, and they, they build up. And then you've got that thing that weighs a pound, right? And it's, it's in there, and it weighs the canvas more than anything else. And then when water comes into your life or when money comes into your life onto this frame. It doesn't just fall from the sky. Let's be honest. You don't know anybody and I don't know anybody that money rained down from heaven on them, right? But it comes into our lives from the edges. And as this water comes into the edges of the canvas, it's going to flow down and it's going to touch every one of those little pebbles or rocks on that canvas. It's going to touch all of them and it's all going to get a little bit But whichever one, you know this, you've already got it in your brain, whichever one has the most weight is what's going to gather the most water, gather the most money. It's going to touch everything because you have responsibilities in your life. But that thing that weighs the heaviest in your heart and the heaviest in your soul, it might be a hobby, it might be Let's be honest, it might be your kids, it might be your job, I don't know. But whatever it is, it's going to gather the most money slash water because wherever your heart is, wherever, wherever your, your weight is, it's where your treasure's going too. Okay, so, okay, we're just trying to dig out some idols, right? We're trying to find those, and so I, I, play it along with me here, right? We're assuming together. Um, so the first one is check your imaginations, right? What are you thinking about? This, the second one is wherever your money's going, that's, that's really a big thing. Also, the, the money, it's going wherever you have a lot, you lack restraint, really. You just can't help but money go there, okay? Um, and then here's the third one. 
functional salvation. Okay, <laughs> I got to explain this one to you. Functional salvation. This is not your God on Sunday, okay? Because right now it's Sunday if you're watching this on Sunday and you're, you're thinking, oh, Jesus is in my heart. He's my God. He's all that. It's all about Jesus. Hallelujah. Okay, okay, okay. Um, I'm talking about not your Sunday salvation. I'm talking about your functional Monday morning, Tuesday morning, Wednesday morning, your walk every single day. What is that? Um, and so a good way to figure this out, because this one you got to think a little bit, a good way to figure this one out is how do you handle unanswered prayer? Like you've met people where they, they, you pray something and you put faith in it and you're really all into it and God doesn't do that for whatever reason, whatever reason it is, he doesn't do it. And there's some people that are like, oh, and they're a little bit disappointed, you know, but they're like, okay, well, that didn't happen. And they move on with life. That's great. Then you don't have a problem here. But then there's people who, um, they just, they have an unanswered prayer and they lose their ever-loving mind. They get all in their feels and it just, it just sidesteps them for a long time. Mine for a long time, okay, this might be silly to you, but for me, a long time, one of the idols in my life was architecture, the, the, the desire to be an architect. I wanted to be an architect from a young, young age, okay? I mean, like, young. I've always been interested in buildings and structure and all that. And um, so, but then, okay, so I'm, I'm doing that. I'm going to, in, this is in high school. I'm go, taking classes. I'm all into it. And my life is revolving around that. My prayers are all about, make me a great architect. I want to be like Frank Lloyd Wright or whatever. If you don't know who he is, read a book. Anyway, so I had all that. And then at the same time, okay, at the same time, I'll go to church and people would pray over me and, and minister to me and stuff. And they would say regularly, they would say, hey, you have a calling of ministry on your life. Hey, you're called to be a pastor. You're called to be a minister. And I would say, no, I don't want that. And then I remember this moment like nothing else, because this is a moment where I established a strong idol in my heart right here. I went to see a friend sing at a, a, another church, and while we were there, they had a guest preacher. So the, the preacher, nobody knew me. It was a guest church. It was a different church and a guest preacher. And he, he preached a good sermon. I don't remember really what it was about. But then he gave like this altar call kind of thing. And so I went down front, not to get saved, just to pray or whatever, okay? And he came up to me, and he laid hands on me, and... That's a thing that we used to do. Anyway, he laid hands on me, and he was praying, me for, praying for me for a minute, and he said this. He said, you have a calling on your life to be a pastor. And I looked at him, and I said, okay. And that, that was it. It was just like, okay. And inside, I'm like, no, 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 never, uh-uh. And I got up from that altar. I walked out the door. I got in. I, I walked all the way outside. I got in my loser blue 1982 Chevette, put the key in, turned it on, and sat there. And I still felt, I really felt the presence of God. And I sat right there and I said, no, I refuse. I don't want to do that. I'm going to be an architect. And what did I do? I established a strong idol in my life. And I, I followed that idol. I worshiped that idol for years, went to college for that, all of these things. And it wasn't until another move of God in a different environment, in a different atmosphere, like a lot of us are in right now, just a different mindset where the Lord was able to come back in and say, really? And aren't you glad? I'm glad that that idol toppled. And here I am. <laughs> So don't, don't, don't waste these times. This is a, an amazing thing. So functional salvation. Okay, what are you praying about every single day? How are you handling unanswered prayers? Okay, so let, let me recap. First recap. First is, do you remember what it was? Do you? Your imaginations. What are you thinking? The second one, remember what the second one was? 
how you spend your money. Where's your money flowing? How's the flow of money? What's it going to? The third one, functional salvation. And then here's the fourth one. And the fourth one is this, uncontrollable emotions. Okay, uncontrollable emotions. Um, let, let, me, so let me say it like this. Okay, so if you're a fisherman, okay, when you go fishing, um, you're hunting fish, right? You want fish, but you can't see fish, and I'm not talking about having a fish finder. That's cheating, and you know it is. But if you're fishing and you're hunting the fish, but you can't see the fish because they're underwater, obviously. So what you do is you look on the surface for evidence or a good environment for a fish to be there. So for example, you bass fishing or whatever and you have a, an overhanging limb or a tree that's down by the water and it's got that nice little shadowy place there and so that's a really good environment. You're pretty sure there's gonna be a good fish in that area, okay? So when you have emotions, uncontrollable emotions that, that, that just kinda explode in your life at different, it could be anger, it can be fear, it can be depression, despair, guilt, you know, whatever that, big emotion is, when you take that emotion and pull it up, dangling from the roots from that is usually an idol every time. Okay, so for me, for example, I struggled with anger for a long time. I still struggle with anger. I used to have really bad spouts of anger, and I just struggled with it, worked through it, and there was a time where I was praying about it, really trying to get this thing out of my life. Wasn't even thinking that it was an idol in my life. Um, but here's what I did. As I started working on that emotion and I pulled that emotion up and the roots dangling underneath it that were deep into my soul, on those roots was this thing called control. Why, why was I so angry in these situations? Because control was an idol in my life. I had to be in control and when I was out of control, it made me angry. So what's your emotion? What, what is that emotion that just kind of, man, it almost takes you over? It could be any of those things, anger, fear, guilt, despair, depression, whatever. Why? Pull it out. Look at it. Take time in this environment to, to see what's there and let God do a, a great work in you. Okay, so let, let, me, let me say this. Um, it's not just a matter of tearing them down, tearing down these idols. Just like with the architecture one or the control one, talking about me, you can just sit there and live through my pain, all right? Um, it's, it's a replacement that needs to happen. There needs to be a, a replacement of it. So let me, let me show you this verse, Colossians 3.1. The Apostle Paul says this. He says, since then, you have been raised with Christ. Set your hearts on things above. What's your heart? It's those desires, right? It's, it's what you desire in life. Set, set your desires on things above, not on all these earthly things where Christ is. Seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things above. That's, that's your imaginations, right? We just talked about that. Set your mind. And let me just clarify something real quick for you. Your brain is not your mind. When you're reading the Bible, don't think mind is your brain. Your brain is nothing but a blob of chemicals and neurons and all that stuff that's running your body. But your mind, when the Bible is talking about your mind, the mind of Christ, and set your mind on things, that's your spirit, your soul, your emotions. That's, that's really who you are, okay? So don't start thinking it's just brain. It's not. It's set your mind not on earthly things, for you died. And your life is now hidden with Christ in God. Put to death, therefore, whatever belongs to your earthly nature. Check this out. Sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires, and greed, which is, what's it say? Idolatry. Idolatry. 
okay? Now, I'm not just talking about repenting of these things because you have, it doesn't work, okay? Trust me, it does not work if you just repent. You have to repent and rejoice. Okay, you gotta have both because here's the deal. If you just repent, then what you're doing is you're not rejoicing. If you're just repenting, what you're saying is, okay, God, Jesus, I still have all these desires that I really want fulfilled, but I don't want to burn in hell, so I'm going to keep these desires, and I'm just going to like resent this the whole time because these desires are not being fulfilled, but I repent because I don't want to burn in hell. Because let's be honest, nobody wants to burn in hell. So what you're doing is now you're living your life through a fear-based religion, always holding something over God's head that he didn't fulfill those desires. That's just repentance. But, and if you just rejoice, okay, so if you don't repent, you just rejoice, then it's, this, then it's this really shallow, motivational moment. Like right now you might be thinking, oh, that's a good word, Pastor Craig, that's a good word. Okay, but if you're, if you're just emotional about it, it's shallow, there's no change. You'll be the same thing tomorrow. You're not gonna change, right? So what do we do? We can't just repent and we can't just rejoice. This is awesome, don't miss this. If you repent, of these idols, you lay these things down and you rejoice at what God has already done for you. What you're saying is, God, I repent, I'm laying this stuff down and I'm seeing what you've already done for me and what you've already done for me is so much better than what I ever desired to begin with. I'm rejoicing in that, I'm repenting and rejoicing and seeing a dynamic change in my life. Okay, listen, your life's not over. It's, it's, not about, it's not about living a perfect life. It's not about all of a sudden um, arriving at some destination. Listen, your life, just like mine, is full of mistakes. If you've actually sat here this whole message so far and you've thought to yourself, I don't have no idols, I ain't got no issues, lying to yourself is your first one, right? We all have this stuff, but here's the beautiful thing. Listen, God wants to take every single one of your mistakes and stretch them like a canvas over the cross beams, over the beams of the cross. And on that stretched out canvas of your mistakes and your failures, he wants to paint a completely new life for you. If you'll just let him, if we'll just bring these things to him, I'm telling you, he will make such a difference. The shame that you feel when you're in God's presence, that shame, it doesn't belong. When God's in the room, when the Father's in the house, there's no room for your shame at all. It is a completely new life, tearing down, removing the idols that we've put there, that our society and culture has put there, and putting God back to the place where he belongs as the king of our hearts. Now listen, we're getting ready to sing a brand new song, and you might have heard it on Spotify or, or iTunes or something like that, but for us South Pointers, this is a brand new song. And here's what I want you to do. Don't click off, don't, don't leave yet. Can we let this song, actually there's two songs, let, let this first song just be our, our prayer of commitment to just say, God, I'm receiving that and all of these idols, all of these things in my life that I've put above you, I, I'm, I'm willing, I'm taking these things down and I am making you the king of my heart, I am making you the Lord of my life because I am here with you. Let's, let's take a minute and let's worship together. Read the words on the bottom of the screen, sing these things out, and let's make this a declaration of who we are in God. Come on, let's worship together. Sometimes on this journey, we get lost in mistakes. What looks to me like weakness is a canvas for your shame. 
Be the mountain where I run, the fountain I drink from. Oh, he is my song. Let the king of my heart be the shadow where I hide, the ransom for my life. Oh, he is my song. Cause you are You're never gonna let me down. You're never gonna let. You're never gonna let me down. You're never gonna let. You're never gonna.
gonna do is we're gonna repent and rejoice at the same time. Come on, let's unload these things and repent of them to the Lord and at the same time rejoice because he has such amazing plans for you and for me. Hey, babe, we wanna close this in prayer? Sure. Lord, we just take this time and we just thank you. We thank you for this moment that you've given us to be together. We thank you that you've given us this space that we can be together. Although we're not physically together, God, we are still socially together because we are one and we are the church. And we are the church united through everything that you are doing through us, through online church. And God, we just ask you that you come into our homes and into our hearts and into this space right now. And that you help us to remove those idols and help us to rejoice because that is what's going to be able to make us that place where you can come and dwell. God, help us to be the Father's house. Not this building, not this church, not the big church, big C church, but help us individually to be that space where you can come in and you can dwell and we can walk around with you in our hearts all the time, Lord, because you are the king of every space in us. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Hey, before you leave, don't leave. Wait, there's a whole lot happening. Good morning and welcome to South Point Online. If this is your first time joining us, I would like to invite you to fill out our next step card by texting the word CONNECT to our text to church number on the bottom of the screen. This is a hassle-free way to let us know that you are here and receive a handwritten card giving you a little more information on how you can connect to South Point now and when we're all back together. And if you call South Point your home, I'd like to remind you of your tithes and offerings. Our three ways to give are on the bottom of the screen. And Proverbs 11.25 says, A generous person will prosper, and whoever refreshes others will be refreshed. While we are meeting virtually, we want to help you to connect. So each week, the Dream Team and group leaders are hosting Zoom lobbies. Just like a normal Sunday morning, we are 15 minutes before each service, getting together to catch up with face-to-face -face conversations. If you haven't been to a Zoom lobby yet, be sure to reach out to your team or group leader to find out what time they are hosting a lobby. If you are not in a group or a team, text the word Zoom to our text to church number or visit the website and click the link on the homepage to sign up for a virtual lobby. To keep up with all the latest news, be sure to like our Facebook, subscribe to our YouTube channel, and follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. We have a resource called Fresh Start that will give you some great next steps in your spiritual journey. We would love to email you a digital copy. If that's something you're interested in, text the word Fresh Start to our text to church number on the screen. You can also use this number for prayer requests by texting the word prayer.